I'm not very well. I'm not very well. So uh, the scarf isn't for uh, sort of for uh, decorative effect. I, uh, I'm, I'm uh, struggling a little bit. Cough. I might splutter and cough. I've got my glass of water over there. I should be all right. Um, I love Christmas. Uh, Toby mentioned it last week, um, but I'm a little bit uh, unhinged about Christmas, actually. Um, if I can uh, sort of cram as much fun and festivity into this period, I try to do that. My classes sometimes become a little bit chaotic because I'm also a teacher, maths teacher. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just a fantastic time. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was marking and uh, had my iPod on shuffle and Michael Bublé came on. Uh, and it was the beginning of November. Uh, his Christmas album, if you haven't got it, well, frankly, you've not lived. Um, it, really is, it really is tremendous. Um, and I posted on Facebook, um, just listened to a Michael Bublé song on uh, my iPod. Um, uh, now I feel like putting up Christmas decorations, but Kath says, no, sad face. Oh, it was like I'd unleashed the doors of hell. That's him, Stuart Smith, grow up, man. Grow up. It's like, oh, a little bit harsh. And then I replied, only 50 sleeps till Christmas. And he said, I don't know if I can be your friend anymore. We've already watched our first Christmas movie. We've watched uh, The Muppet Christmas Carol, by far the best Christmas carol ever. Um, but one of the things I really love is the Christmas adverts. So the Christmas adverts, I've got my top five Christmas adverts to show you, okay? Um, because uh, they really are a, a source of joy to me. So uh, in fifth place um, is... In fifth place is, oh, oh, there we go, House of Fraser, Ready or Not. Yes? Have you not seen that one? Oh, it's brilliant. It's like an explosion of colour and energy and funky dancing and stuff like that. And if at the end of the service you want to tell Mav that I demonstrated some experimental praise dancing, she, you'll watch her just shrink and curl into a little ball. Um, I am not going to do experimental praise dancing. Um, but it's just, it's great. It's an absolute fantastic advert. Okay, in fourth place is uh, Marks and Spencer's Mother Christmas. A little reminder for us guys that everything goes smoothly because of the women in our lives who just tends to sort of like get us there and mop up all our mistakes and stuff. Um, in third place, now this might be a little bit controversial... It wasn't even going to get in there. And then I watched it again, and it, it is. In third place is the, Mark, the John Lewis. The John Lewis, yeah. It's only got in there because I think it's clever the way that they've got the animals jumping on the tra trampoline, okay? And the fact that you've seen a badger jumping up and down with a, with a hedgehog, love it, you know? Um, it's just a little bit of joy, yeah. So... And, and if you go on YouTube, type in uh, Mark, no, John Lewis, Christmas advert, spoof. Oh, not not the, um, the one with uh, Hillary Clinton and Trump. The other one. Oh, me and Mav 
tears rolling down our face because we couldn't stop laughing. Right, anyway, second, second is the little advert. I don't know if you've seen this one. It is so lovely. It's about a family bringing their, um, their dad to a, a, a sort of, looks like it's a holiday home, and they've done it all up. It's somewhere that they've been as a family, and uh, they share Christmas together in this holiday home. And it's obvious that uh, Grandma has passed away, and it's a t- chance to, to just be together as a family and to do some healing and it's a lovely, lovely advert. But in the number one spot is the Sainsbury's advert. And we're going to watch it. So, run VT. That's what they say, isn't it? Yeah. Love it. Absolutely love it. I think it's its honesty, um, the fact that I'm a dad and sometimes I feel like that, the humour, the peace that it brings and says, this is really important that we actually make time for each other. It's a soul-affirming uh, video. And... Um, I love the fact that there isn't any product placement in it. Um, and it just is sort of really countercultural this Christmas. I just love it. This sermon is brought to you in conjunction with Sainsbury's and uh, where, where good food costs less. No, 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 no. no. Um, other, other supermarkets are available. Um, right. Um, that advert is called The Greatest Gift is me. And if I thought that was true, I wouldn't be standing here right now. Um, Because as we've entered Advent and we looked at uh, Isaiah 9 verse 6 and Toby looked at the start of the verse last week, really the greatest gift that we have is in the person of Jesus. And that's what we're here to look at this morning. I was tempted to um, repeat Toby's sermon um, from last week because it was just so brilliant. Uh, but I thought I might not have got past it, got, got it past the uh, eagle-eyed amongst you. Um, but I think I'm going to give you a quick summary of um, the first part of the, of the sermon. But we're also going to have a look at the verse. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. So, Toby talked about Christmas having the strapline, the incarnation celebration. And he actually said these words, that Home Alone 2 was probably the best Christmas movie. I mean, the man has gone insane. We all know it's Home Alone 1. Um, But 
that Jesus came and brought light to the world, the bringer of hope and joy and love, that he is our 100% wonderful counsellor, 100% God, 100% man, dodgy maths, but absolutely spot on. The God who perfectly understands our human nature and understands us better than we understand ourselves. And mighty God, the God who can do great things, more than we can possibly imagine, our big, big God that we can have big, big faith in. So that leaves me with the last two descriptions. Everlasting Father is the first phrase. Father. There are fewer words that evoke strong feelings than the word Father. When we get it right, they can evoke gratitude and love. Being a dad, I know there are times when I get it right and when I get it wrong. And when I get it right, and when my dad has got it right, there is gratitude and love that just flows out of my heart towards him and from my heart to my kids. But also at this time of year, it can be a, a word that evokes sadness because maybe your great dad is no longer with you. Maybe it's a word that evokes unfulfilled longings of a father that we've never had. Perhaps it connects more with adjectives like distant or aloof or passive or absent, unreliable, selfish, uncaring or cruel. The word father can be hard for a lot of people. But Jesus is being described as a father here. So what kind of father was Jesus to those that he encountered? Well, he didn't have kids of his own. But I would argue that he fathered a lot of people that he actually met with. The disciples that he met were young men. They would have been about 16 through to 18, 19 when he when they, he, was, he called them to follow him. What was he like to them? Well, he was correcting sometimes. Sometimes they got it wrong. And they argued about who was the greatest amongst them and who was going to be sat at Jesus' right hand and, you know, really, really got it wrong. But he didn't crush them. He didn't gently said, look, you know, that child there, you know, you need to be like that to get into the kingdom of heaven and to sit at my right-hand side, being humble, gentle, encouraging, sending them out to do his work and say, yeah, you can do it. Go on, run with it. Guiding, gently saying, look, this is the way. This is the path that I want you to live your life down. This is the way, the truth, and the life. Share this with all of around you. 
But I think my favourite, my favourite picture that God, uh, Jesus describes a dad as being is the prodigal son dad. The dad who hikes up his long uh, robes, robes and runs unashamedly, indignantly down the road and meets his son who's really gone off the rails and is coming back and says, yes, I love you. I'm welcoming you back. The wild, forgiving father. Not just forgiving, but then throw in a party the generous God who gives more than we could possibly deserve or expect. The dad who loves us and accepts us exactly as we are. The dad who is good for our souls. And then, everlasting, everlasting father. Not just a father for now or a couple of days, but forever and ever and ever. Amen. Nothing lasts very long these days. The life expectancy of an appliance, a small appliance like a kettle or a toaster, is 18 months it wasn't like that when I was a young oh, lad. No. <laughs> Batteries don't seem to last as long. Um, jam wasn't as taste, isn't as, a, as fruity as it used to be. Um, are you with me? Are you? I guess the, there's not much that we have around us that helps us to understand everlasting. I've had an experience that I'd like to share with you. It was on my honeymoon, and we went to Canada, and we were stood at the side of Niagara Falls. If you've never been to Niagara Falls, it really is as good as everybody says it is. Um, I was on a holiday once in Ireland, and uh, me and Kath cycled off with, with uh, another couple. We cycled off one day, um, and we found this wonderful little, little waterfall. It was gorgeous. Um, and uh, we said to our friends, oh, you've, you've really got to come and see this waterfall. It's amazing. So the next day, we took them back to the waterfall. And they looked at this little, pretty, gorgeous waterfall. And they said, um, oh, well, once you've seen Niagara, uh, you know, all other waterfalls just pale into insignificance. Now, that's not true, because that waterfall was really wonderful and pretty. But there is something about Niagara which is amazing. And standing on the side of Niagara, you are very close to where the water is flowing over. And it flows, and it flows, and it flows. And you, we must have stood there for an hour and a half. And you'd think, oh, that must be boring. It wasn't boring. It was a spiritual moment because in that moment stood there watching that water pour and pour. There was a little voice inside me saying, 
that is how much I love you. That is how much I will always love you. And I will go on loving you like that forever. And my picture of ever, forever and ever, amen, is Niagara. Just constant flooding, unceasing love. He is a good, good father. It's who you are. And I am loved by you. It is who I am. Spurgeon, old preacher guy, said it in another way. He said, there is no unfathering Christ. There is no unchilding us. He is everlastingly a father to those who put their trust in him forever and ever. Amen. The next description is quite a contrast. When I was preparing this sermon, we were chatting about it at home, me and Kath, and, and she said, oh, the two are kind of opposites, aren't they? And I just kind of read this passage lots of times, and I'd never really thought about the contrast between the best ever dad and the prince of peace. The prince of peace, not just the bringer of peace, but actually the prince, the one with a royal seal of approval, sent by the king, authority to back it up. Boy, boy, do we need peace at the moment. In politics, the hate and intolerance is really quite overwhelming at the moment. The war, the violence, the abuse that is in every news bulletin. Peace is something that we need more than anything else. But in John 14, 27, Jesus suggests that the peace that the world is expecting might not be the peace that he is going to bring. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. But I don't give you as the world gives you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. In Hebrew, the word for peace is shalom. And it means simply more than simply peace. It's used as a greeting to say hello and goodbye. And it's a, a complete peace. It's a peace that affects community, families, your country. A feeling of contentment, completeness, wholeness. Well-being, harmony. This is the peace that takes you completely in every aspect of your person down 
to your very core of your being, to your very soul, to be at peace with our Creator, to have spiritual harmony and wholeness in your soul with God and have a restored relationship. God loves me. It's all okay then. Yep. Yeah. It is all okay. But we can't ignore the fact that the Bible tells us that we are enemies of God. Ah. Perfect God, imperfect people. There's not much common ground there. Stuffed. But with every problem, God provides the solution as well. In Romans 5.8, he says, But God demonstrates his love towards us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Problem, solution, bringing us together. The love that is Niagara, that never ends. God showing us his love Because of Christ's sacrifice, we can have that restored relationship, that peace with God. This is deep and abiding peace in our hearts and our creator that cannot be taken away. Nothing can separate us from the love and peace of God. And that is the ultimate fulfilment of Christ's work as Prince of Peace. The Christ sacrifice provides more than just eternal peace. It also allows us to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. God's presence in us, guiding us, And as we tune into the wavelength of God and start listening to the Holy Spirit, our lives get filled with love and joy and shalom. This love, joy and peace results in uh, the Holy Spirit working in our life as a believer. And they are reflections of his presence in us. Although their deepest and most vital result is to have us live in love and peace and joy with God, they can't help but spill out in our lives to others around us, into the relationships with the people around us. We are peace bringers. That's not easy to say. We are peace bringers in our world. We are God's advocates, God's instruments for bringing transformation into our world and to our community. God reaches to the world through us. 
I don't get it, but it's true, so that they might know the connection, the wholeness, the peace, the shalom of God. So this Christmas, seek God with all your soul that you might find God's peace in the chaos that sometimes can Christmas can become. Maybe you've not made your peace with God yet. And God is holding out that peace to you with open arms saying, here, it's free, take, enjoy, revel in the peace of God. If you would like to go over to the prayer team, people would be more than happy to sit and pray with you that you might know God's peace and say, come Spirit, Holy Spirit, be with me this Christmas that I might know the peace of God in a real way that I've not experienced before. Peace to us all in these coming weeks. Shalom.